Well, good morning. This is Monday, November the 9th, 2020. And wow, what a past weekend, what a past week America has had. And oh my goodness, I don't know about you, but take a deep exhale this morning. Uh, Take it in, push it out. Uh, I hope you caught up on your sleep because I know I did. But America finally has a president-elect. Joseph R. Biden will be the 46th president of the United States of America. And Kamala Harris will be the first woman vice president in 243 years. And she is, I like to call her, is the first female John Adams because he was our nation's first vice president. And a lot I want to talk about this morning and this afternoon, whenever you listen uh, to the One America podcast, uh, it's on demand all day on Mondays for our Monday uh, motivation segment. And um, there's a lot to talk about here. But uh, the uh, theme today is that Biden has won and Trump refuses to concede. Biden has won and Trump refuses to concede. And I want to talk about that. But let me set the table here a little bit. You know, for those of us living in this time, we are we're upset. We're, we're horrified. We can't believe this is happening. We we don't understand how the election could be so close. And how could 71 million of our fellow Americans vote for Donald Trump if you weren't for the president? And on the flip side, uh, they're asking how could 75 million people vote for Joe Biden and socialism and and all the things that they fear, uh, you know, defunding the police, etc. Folks, we are a very divided America. And as I was awaking this morning and stretching and, you know, having quiet meditation time, I reflected back to the election of 1864. Uh, Abraham Lincoln won a resounding electoral victory over a Democrat, George McClellan, who had been one of his generals, of course. And uh, Lincoln, as you know, was in his day, we look at him now through a 21st century lens. We all look at Lincoln as the president that saved the union. And indeed he did. But in his time, Lincoln was a polarizing figure. Uh, when he was first elected in 1860, it's one of the, the sparks that literally lit the fire of the Civil War. South Carolina seceded from the Union, followed by other states, and ultimately a civil war and insurrection broke out. But by 1864, uh, the country was coming uh, toward the end of the war, and uh, Lincoln had uh, been reelected, and he knew that his job was not to punish his enemies. Now, I want you to hear what I'm about to say because this is important. You know, punishing our enemies, punishing those that hurt us, lashing back, hitting back, feels good. In fact, it's very human. Um, If you talk at our most base ebb as human beings, revenge, we like it. But Lincoln understood that we had just endured four years of civil war, Almost 600,000, 700,000 people dead and wounded. Uh, The country torn apart, literally. New human beings in the sense of slaves, the enslaved population set free. They needed to learn how to read and write to make their way in the world. And Lincoln understood he had to put together something to reconstruct the country, to make it one union again. And in so doing, of course, you know, he went to Gettysburg and he gave his famous Gettysburg address. And it's one of the great addresses ever written in the history of mankind, much like Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and Churchill's speeches after and during World War II. And 
and and some of the amazing speeches like I Have a Dream by Dr. King at the March on Washington in 1963. And I could go on and on John Kennedy's Pax Americana speech at American University uh, just before he died uh, in 1963. Uh, There are great speeches that are made. Margaret Chase Smith's Declaration of Conscience. I mean, I could go on and on because I am a history nerd and I love it. But I thought about Lincoln this morning and I thought about the fact that he understood that he had to unite a country that was deeply divided, stained by blood, uh, stained by slavery. And he wrote these words, and I love these words. Uh, And he wrote these words at the end of the Gettysburg Address. And he said, with malice toward none, with charity for all, with firmness in the right, as God gives us to see the right, let us strive on to finish the work we are in, to bind up the nation's wounds, to care for him who shall have borne the battle, and for his widow and his orphan, to do all which may achieve and cherish a just and lasting peace among ourselves and with all nations. With malice towards none was the theme that President-elect Joe Biden struck, I thought, on Saturday evening when he and his new vice president finally spoke. And he's catching a lot of heat from the left and catching a lot of heat from the right. And and, and, and people want to know on the left, why would you outreach to these Republicans? Why would you outreach to these infidels? Why would you extend the hand of mercy towards people who put babies in cages, who uh, didn't handle the COVID crisis properly? We have 240,000 dead Americans, people who uh, stoked racial fires and um, sexism and misogyny and, and, and uh, you name it. There's a lot of anger in this country. Some of it righteous anger. Some of it partisan anger. Rancor. But Biden gets it. Much like Lincoln, he inherits a deeply divided country that literally is split down the middle. It has a lot to do with culture. It has a lot to do with race. It has a lot to do with economics. It has a lot to do with how one group of Americans sees America, how another group's vision of America is a more inclusive, diverse America, that other America sees it as a, a attack on their, their white personhood. Uh, they hate diversity training. They don't want to hear about critical race theory. They, they're tired of being lectured to. They're tired of being called racist. They're tired. And then the other side says, well, I'm tired of your patriarchy. I'm tired of your white paternalism. I'm tired of your white privilege. I'm tired of your foot on my neck, your knee on my neck. I'm tired. I'm pushing back. I'm going to march. I'm going to rise up. I'm going to create Black Lives Matter. I'm going to push back on systemic racism. And so we have a country that's at odds because the reality is these two camps of Americans experience America very differently, very differently. If you are white in this country, and I'm saying this as a great, great, great granddaughter of slaves and of slave owners, that's real. That's my lineage. That's the lineage of many black people in this country. 
and white people, whether you want to acknowledge that or not. If I got white men in my family tree, you got black women in yours. You may not know it, but you have it. And I say this as a descendant of slaves and as a descendant of slave owners that this country is experienced very different depending on the color of your skin. Now, for those of you that run around and talk foolishness about your color blind, no, you're not. That's just a lie. Of course you see color. I see color. Of course you see when a woman walks into the room, you know she's a woman. Of course you see when a black man walks into the room, you know he's a black man. Of course you do. We all do. So let's not lie to each other. Let us start this journey, this new chapter in our American history, in our America, our America, not yours, not mine, ours. Let us begin and let us start the dialogue. Listen to the very first podcast I cut two years ago now on this One America podcast and listen to the podcast titled Let Us Begin. I'm going to come full circle to that today and challenge you to get out of your little box, get over your little anger, get over your little pettiness, get over your entitlement, get over your guy lost or your guy won. We're Americans now. The election is over. They're still counting votes, but it's not going to flip. Folks, get a grip. Donald Trump will not be president in January. That's done. Donald Trump lost the election. He lost. He can be a petulant child. He can throw a tantrum. All of you out there uh, stroking his ego, shame on you. That's not what we do. You don't think George Herbert Walker Bush, a World War II hero, a hero in this country, fighter pilot, wasn't hurt when he lost to Bill Clinton, who he felt was beneath the office of the presidency with, with his tawdry past, with his Arkansas slang, with his all of that. You don't think that the elites in Washington thought Bill Clinton was poor, white, trailer trash? They did. I was here. But yet, when he lost the election, George Herbert Walker Bush, our 41st president, stood up the night of the election in the ballroom in Houston, Texas. He conceded like a man. He wished the new president well and then invited him to the White House with his wife and Mrs. Barbara Bush took Mrs. Hillary Clinton and they held hands and they walked off and that's what we do. Barack Obama, number 44, Barack Obama, who was attacked by the incoming president 45 as not even being legitimate. He was born in Kenya. He wasn't born in Hawaii. He wasn't a real American. Show your papers, boy. And did Obama snub him? Did Obama not invite him? No, he welcomed him. He shook his hand. The first lady sat down together. That's what we do with malice toward none. Charity for all. That's the American spirit. And shame on those of you out there with your torches and with your pitchforks and you're yelling and you're bitching and you're entitled and you're talking about the illegitimacy of votes. You're destroying democracy. You're destroying our free and fair elections that have worked for over 240 years. No president, not Andrew Johnson, not Richard Nixon. No one has done what Donald Trump is doing. It's awful and it's corrosive and it breaks us and it it, it divides us and it hurts us. So my call to you this morning and to myself is to bind up the wounds. This goes in our personal lives. This goes, look, every day as a businesswoman, as a journalist, as a writer, as a woman of color walking this earth, my life 
has to be navigated very delicately. I can't say too much or I might offend someone's sensibilities or I can't always speak my mind because it'll come off that I'm being too strident or too strong. Kamala Harris has her work cut out for her. She's going to be a great symbol of hope and and aspiration and, and, and all of that for young women and girls. But she's gonna walk a fine line. Joe Biden has done something radical in that he has chosen a woman and a woman of color, a black woman, to be the first vice president of this country. Man, are the ancestors full this morning. Are they happy? I believe that the founding fathers looking down from heaven or wherever they are, are happy that this great experiment that they came up with back in 1775, 1776, worked and that it has lasted that this republic still stands but i'm going to tell you what if we keep this up if we keep at each other if we keep lying if we keep ripping if we keep tearing if we keep uh, sodomizing use that word intentionally because that's what we do to each other sometimes if we don't stop that we're going to destroy america america is not going to be socialist america is not going to be communist America's not going to be fascist unless we allow it to happen, unless we, the people of the United States of America, allow it to happen. It is time for us to cut the crap and to focus forward. The election's over. Let all the votes be counted. We'll get a final tally. They'll call the other three or four states. We'll have a runoff in Georgia in January on my birthday. And we'll move on because that's what we do. And no, you're not always going to like your opponents. And no, you're not always going to get along. But damn it, this is America, and we respect our institutions, and we honor them. And the only way this country survives is if we honor our institutions, and if we uphold them even when we don't win, even when it doesn't go our way. We suck it up, we shake hands, we wish the other guy or gal well, we pray for him, and we move on as Americans. We talk to our neighbors. We don't get into fist fights over, I'm a Biden girl and you're a Trump guy. We sit down, we break bread, we have coffee, we have a glass of wine, we have a beer, and we talk about what we love about America, our freedoms, our liberty, the fact that we are always striving to become a more perfect union. If you haven't read my book, E Pluribus One, Reclaiming Our Founders' Vision for a United America, you need to read it. You need to read it. And you need to read it and you need to embrace it and you need to look at the great men and women from all walks of life who made this country what she is and who got us to this moment. Abe Lincoln being chief among them. There are many great Americans that have walked this earth, male, female, black, white, native, Asian, Latino. We all play a part. So on this day, I extend my hand to you. I'm going to have some conservative male guests on in the next couple weeks. I'm going to have Sarah Longwell on later in the week, uh, who, you know, was a never Trumper, one of the groups of Republicans that supported Biden. And we're going to talk about the future of the Republican Party. But more importantly, we're going to talk about the future of the Republic. So stick with me. Get your copy of E Pluribus One if you haven't downloaded on ebook or buy a copy better yet. Read it with the kids while you have them home over the holidays. And let's rejoice in America. Let's rejoice in the stars and stripes. Let's rejoice in e pluribus unum, out of many, one. Let us begin anew. Let's give this new president a chance. He's a good man. He's a man that's been through a lot. I like to say he's like the phoenix from the ashes with a little bit of Job. Joe Biden should be a dead man. 
He had an aneurysm that was so severe that he had to get all his paperwork in order. And when the doctors went in, there were one of two things that were going to happen. The aneurysm was going to implode inside and he was going to die instantly or they were going to open it and it was going to explode out and he was going to have a chance. He survived that. He survived as a young man of not even 30 years old yet, a wife and a daughter going to buy a Christmas tree. Young man just elected to the U.S. Senate, beat a 40-year incumbent and wife-daughter killed in an accident. Two little boys, damaged, mangled. His life went to sh- His life went from, as my grandmother used to say, sugar to shit in a moment. Because that's what life does. It switches. It changes. One moment we are basking in the sunlight and the next moment we are cast on the shore. We're banging on the rocks. We're we're, we're turned upside down. Everything we had gone. Everything we wanted beyond our reach. Folks, this is this thing called life. And the only way we get through this thing called life Damn it, do I know this to be true? We can't do it alone. We need other people. We need help. We need love. We need an outstretched hand. We need each other. We need each other. That's not liberal. That's not conservative. That's not, that is Jesus. We need each other. We need him. We need God. We need faith. Keep the faith was the slogan of uh, Biden and Harris towards the end. Keep the faith because that's what Bo told his daddy when he was leaving this earth. Dad, don't leave public service. Run. Biden thought there was nothing left. He thought the gut punch of all gut punches. He had lost his wife and daughter. Then he lost his baby boy who served his country honorably, who won the Bronze Star for valor. What a guy Joe Biden is. You don't have to like his politics. You don't have to like a lot of things, but give him a chance because he is a decent human being. Listen. I pray for Donald Trump. I do, and I have. Because the Bible tells us to pray for the governing authorities. I pray for Donald Trump. And I pray that there's some self-reflection. I don't know what happened in Donald Trump's life to make him the way that he is. I don't. But I know it goes back to his childhood. And I know it goes back to some hurt, some wound, some inadequacy. Because I've got him, you've got him, we've all got him. But you got to find the courage to walk towards the light. You got to find the courage to be the light. And the final analysis, you got to find the courage to live, to be a good person, to be a humble winner and a gracious loser. Because we all win and we all lose. I love this country very much. I do. Despite all of her flaws Despite the things that bother me, upset me, there is no place like America on this earth. There is none. It is that shining city on a hill that John Arthur wrote about a long, long time ago in the 1600s when they landed in Massachusetts, Mayflower. We've come a long way since then. Boy, have we come a long way. Baby, as the old Virginia Slims commercial used to say, Kamala Harris joins the ranks of the Vice President of the United States. And congrats to her. Congrats to you, my soror, Kamala. Congrats to your sister, your nieces, your mother shining and smiling and loving you from afar, your father, uh, all those who 
were there for you, Doug, our new uh, first, second gentleman. Uh, Jill Biden is going to be a fabulous first lady. She's like energy in motion, a little thing like me. I love her. I've met her many times. She's awesome. And we had a good man as president, a man who's going to work hard to try to bring us together. We do. We're blessed to have him. He's a man for such a time as this. And as I've written many times, he is like the phoenix that has risen from the ashes. A man now in the twilight of his life at 78, he'll be this month. A man who wanted to be president since he was in his 40s and could never quite get there, could never grasp the golden ring, kept losing, became vice president to the nation's first black president. And here he is at 78. He's going to be the president. If that ain't a God move, if that ain't the God that I know, I don't know what is. Your latter days shall be greater. I'm going to leave you with those words. Somebody out there today is hurting. Somebody out there is sad. Somebody out there feels like the bottom has fallen out and you ain't got nothing left. Look at Joe Biden. Look at Joe Biden because he shows you what's possible even in your later days. 78 for a man is old. He's not young. He's not a young man. He's an elder statesman now. And God chose him to be the guy. Out of a field of, what, 20 Democrats? The old guy, Lazarus, got back up from the grave. And he's the guy. That's a great story. I want to see how it ends. I'm excited for these next four years. I'm excited for America. I'm excited for the rebuilding of the Republican Party. I'm excited because I'm going to take part in all of it. I can't just sit on the sidelines and bitch and moan and carp and wail. I got to get involved. I can't just point out what's wrong. I got to be willing to help make things right. So stay tuned on that front. And uh, God bless you and God keep you. And God bless the United States of America.